Am I on? There I'm on. Woohoo! One more round of applause that I found the button. <laughs> I'm too powerful. Okay, so it's on. So let's see what it does here in just a minute. So Rhett and I think we're funny. We were making the video and we're like, oh, we think we're funny. Do you think anybody else will think we're funny? <laughs> so anyhow, we think we're funny. So thank you for laughing uh, because you help us think that we're funny. So, <laughs> yes. All right. I think... All right. Yeah. Here, unhook me there. Thanks, bud. All right. I don't know if I'm, I don't know what's happening. So anyhow, we'll just keep on going with it. How is everybody this morning? We're all good. Yes, we all made it. And it was kind of like driving to church through a sci-fi movie this morning, huh? Yeah. All the fog. <laughs> it was quite spectacular. Yes. Uh, at my house, because I am that person, I do have a rain gauge in my yard because, um, and it's super cute because it has like little uh, lights on it that, uh, like retain the solar lights. And I am that person that has that in my yard and I can measure the moisture. So, you know, I had to take my tape measure outside then and, uh, see how much snow I got at my house on just out in the open was nine inches. Anybody else there? Yeah. I tried to shovel. Shoveling was not good. So, all right. Is that good now? Thank you so much. Thank you to our amazing sound guy, Chris. Thank you for everything that you do. Yes. Hey, this is not in my notes, but I want to say this. I want to say that this, this has been in my heart. This section of ministry in N3C, the media booth and the sound booth, is actually an evangelistic outreach missions ministry. And if you are missions minded, if you uh, love outreach ministry, I would really encourage you to get involved in the media or the sound ministry because literally it's those two ministries right there that cause this church to be able to go out around the world. And it is awesome. So those are our missions, two of our missions ministers up there this morning, and I'm very, very thankful for them. So, uh, hey, did y'all know next week is Valentine's Day? And I'm speaking specifically to um, men in here. If you don't have something for your woman yet, tickets for the comedy night are going to be out here in the foyer. Easy peasy, you're taken care of, and you can tell your girlfriend, your wife. I had this planned like a long time ago. I knew this was coming, and so this is what I got for us is a date night. So don't forget to stop by. I'm helping you out. I am all about creating happy, healthy marriages and relationships, okay? So I'm giving you advance warning. There's no reason for any of you to get in trouble. Or ladies, if you just want to surprise your husband, go get some tickets. And then if both of you get tickets, you can invite another couple. So there you go. <laughs> yes. All right. And, um, I do encourage everyone, uh, along with that, this is what hit me here recently. James and Sharon, like we said, are going to be in the um, bookstore and we have the class rooted and I explained to you what it was, but here's, here's an aspect that I've been noticing lately that I did want to share is that that, 
uh, particular class is all about, like we said, building a foundation in your relationship with God. Here's what's super impressed on my heart lately is how important it is for couples to have that common foundation. And if you as a couple have never been through that class or you have been through it and you need to go through it again, do it. You can go through it as many times as you want to because the people that you take it with this time are probably going to be different than the people that you took it with the first time. But to have a foundation of faith in your home and probably the two of you, unless you're Rhett and Lacey, you were probably raised in different churches <laughs> coming from different backgrounds and things. Um, I say Rhett and Lacey because they've known each other since they were in kids church, which isn't that cute. Can we just get a collective? Aww. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it is such a benefit to your marriage to have a foundation of faith and a common faith. And that's, that's imperative for the future and the wellness. Chance is nodding his head. Thank you, Chance. I've got one in agreement. Okay. So yes, be sure to stop by and just talk to James and Sharon. You're going to love them anyway. They're a kick. They're one of my favorite couples. I absolutely adore them. And if you like to laugh, you're going to like hanging out with Sharon. She's the best. So if you don't like to laugh, then this class is not for you. Don't sign up. Okay. That. <laughs> so has anybody in this room ever found or felt that there was something missing. Like, and sometimes you know what it is that's missing. And sometimes you don't know what it is that's missing. I, uh, took Darren to the airport, uh, Friday night. And when we were about 30 minutes from the house, I realized that I had left my phone. I kept feeling like Something, some, I'm like, something is missing. Something isn't, I don't have something. And it was my phone. I had left my phone at home, which isn't a big deal unless you're me and I am directionally challenged. <laughs> I do not have a very good global positioning internally. And Darren doesn't know this, but I got turned around uh, coming home. And it happened to be, yeah, uh, thank you so much for the person who's having compassion on me. The rest of you are like, bless your little heart, which we all know what that means. So anyway, <laughs> coming home, the snowstorm started happening and I literally, it was dark. I could not, my, my thing is mountains are to the west. And if I go, uh, you know, travel somewhere where mountains are to the east, it jacks me all kinds of around. I like, I don't even know where I'm at. Like I have to figure out where is the sun even coming up here? So anyway, I got turned around because I didn't have my phone and I couldn't tell what was north and south. The snow is coming down and it makes you feel like, like you're in warp speed. Was that Star Trek? <laughs> it was warp speed. <laughs> it was wild, man. And it sent me into a panic, like honestly, but something was missing. Uh, didn't have my phone, so therefore I didn't have my maps, didn't have, uh, I kept looking on the screen on my little bug, like, does this have anything in it at all that would help me? No, <laughs> it does not. But then I think about when Rhett was little, uh, he loved Lego sets. And Legos now are not like Legos were when I was a kid. When I was a kid, you could build whatever you wanted with Legos. Now with Legos, you have to build what the instructions tell you to build. And Rhett, at one point, was absolutely convinced that one of his uh, friends or a person that had come to see us had stolen one piece of his Legos. And I'm telling you, this child was beside himself. Like, literally, he probably... 
It was a, it was an instrumental piece, he says. Like, their prayer team will be up here for you after service, because I seriously feel like he needs, you like need some inner healing over that, buddy. Yeah, the piece was missing, like in tears. He was upset about it. So sometimes we just have a sense that something is missing. But you know, our world and our, uh, the culture that we live in trains us to focus on what is missing. It trains us to focus on what we think is lacking, what we think is not enough. And if we begin to follow that focus, how many of you know where you focus, that determines your path, that will determine your course. And we can start looking at uh, what we think is missing in our friendships, the friendships that we don't have or what our friends are not doing for us. We can begin to set our focus on what we think is not happening in our job and what our boss is not doing, what our coworkers are not doing. And we can focus on uh, what is missing in our own physical attributes. You know, like I'm, I'm just not this and I'm not that. And I remember uh, when I was, I don't remember how old I was, but it one point, I was pretty young, my gymnastics coach told my mom, I remember standing there next to my mom, and my coach telling my mom, she is not going to be good at this. She's never going to be good at this, because I was missing the short factor. <laughs> Baby giraffes are not good at gymnastics. <laughs> I was missing what was required to be good at it, and I was devastated. We can focus on what's missing in um, our church. We can get our focus set on that, and we can get our focus set on what's missing in our spouse. Nobody's making any noise. <laughs> when you start focusing on what's missing in your spouse, you start taking the little things, and those become big things, which become bigger things, which turns into, did I even marry the right person? I don't even think I married the right person, which leads us on a path, ultimately, of destruction of that relationship, because where we set our focus determines our course. And if we set our course based on what's missing, we are not setting our course based on what God is doing. So I want to go to a section of scripture this morning uh, that gives us an account of a group of people whose life had become defined based on what was missing. And that's going to be in Luke chapter 17. And I'm going to read from the Passion Translation, of course. So look at your neighbor and say, your journey is defined by your focus. All right, Luke 17. Hey, if you don't have uh, the Bible app on your phone, it's a super cool app. That way you can have your uh, phone with you anywhere. It won't give you directions when you get turned around. But, you know, <laughs> if you have your phone, you'll have your Bible. <laughs> anyway, okay. Luke chapter 17. I'm going to start reading in verse 11. It says, Jesus traveled on toward Jerusalem and passed through the border region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered one village, ten men approached him, but they kept their distance, for they were lepers. They shouted to him, Mighty Lord, our wonderful master, won't you have mercy on us and heal us? When Jesus stopped to look at them, he spoke these words, Go to be examined by the Jewish priests. And they set off, and they were healed while walking along the way. The New King James translation says that they were cleansed as they were walking on their way. Now, leprosy, back in that time, these 10 men 
were lepers. The disease of leprosy back in that time was uh, incurable. They had no treatment for it. And because it was an incurable disease, it would seen by culture at that time as a disease that had been put on a person because of sin. It was a divinely, it was seen to be a divine uh, punishment to someone, meaning that God would put leprosy on someone because of a sin that they had, because there was no cure for it. And leprosy is, I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but leprosy is basically a bacteria eating, uh, skin eating bacteria, and it would cause these terrible open wounds. It would cause uh, eating away of the flesh. So there would be big open wounds on people. There was a lot of um, oozing. I hate the word pus. That's just a gross word. Same with the word moist. I don't know why that word is gross to me, but that's gross. So anyway, we'll just move on. But it caused that. So as it caused these uh, this flesh eating, there would be parts as the body... Uh, the disease would progress in the body, parts of the body would be missing. They would fall off. Fingers, toes, sometimes entire hands, the nose, uh, the flesh on the chin. So there were things that were missing. These ten men had become defined within their culture by the thing that was missing. The things that were missing. But here's the thing is, you and I can also go through, can I, can I call them leprous times? You and I can go through leprous seasons where we feel like there is something taking place that we cannot control, that we cannot get a handle on, and that there is things that are happening that are causing wounds internally that cause a feeling and a sense of something missing. So we may not necessarily have a flesh-eating bacteria, but you and I can have the compassion on them because we can probably all say that we've been in moments and in situations where we could not change the circumstance, we could not change things because of what we felt on the inside is missing. We can feel that we are missing direction, We can feel we're missing belonging. Uh, We can feel that we're missing acceptance. We're missing love. We're missing understanding. How many of us have been in that place where we, we wanna, we want to camp out on the why of something because we don't have understanding. We don't understand what is happening and what is going on. But many of us came to God came to faith as these 10 lepers came to Jesus and hollered to him afar off. Hollered. That's the southern Jerusalem. They hollered. Um, Many of us came into relationship with God because of something that was missing. And we didn't know how to replace it. We didn't know how to get it back. Sometimes we didn't even know what it was that was missing. We couldn't put a finger on it. We just knew that things weren't right. And even once we do come into relationship with God through Jesus Christ, we still have those situations, don't we? Everything didn't just magically turn into a rose garden. And if somebody told you, give your life to Jesus because everything will be great from then on, they lied to you. I'm sorry. (laughs) But we still have those moments, those leprous moments where we feel something is missing. 
Sometimes we feel like we're missing closeness to God. Maybe we feel like we're missing power. Maybe we're missing authority in our life. But just like these men that came to Jesus, even though they stood at a distance, because at that time it was not allowed, lepers were not allowed to be within a normal society. They had to keep a distance because, like I said, the sores were open sores. There was stuff coming out of the sores that was considered uh, unclean. And they were considered to be cursed. And so they were not allowed to come into uh, normal society. They could not come close to people. And so this had created the dynamic of their life. This created their world for them. Their world was defined by what was missing. But they came to Jesus and had an encounter with Jesus. And this encounter with Jesus changed the trajectory of their life. So let's go on and let's continue reading in verse 15. One of them, a foreigner from Samaria, when he discovered that he was completely healed, turned back to find Jesus shouting, shouting out joyous praises and glorifying God. When he found Jesus, he fell down at his feet and thanked him over and over saying to him, you are the Messiah. This was a man, he was a Samaritan. Verse 17, so where are the other nine, Jesus asked. Weren't there ten who were healed? They all refused to return to give thanks. Say that, give thanks and give glory to God, except you, a foreigner from Samaria. Then Jesus said to the healed man lying at his feet, arise and go. It was your faith that brought you salvation and healing. And again, the new King James says, made you well. There were 10 who were cleansed. When it says that they were healed, it means that they were cleansed as in they, any open sores that they had were miraculously healed. There was no more open wounds. There was no more oozing. There was no more pus. (laughs) There wasn't any more grossness. And that happened as they turned and they were on their way to go and show themselves to the priests, which would have had to have been done in that time for them to be declared ceremoniously clean so that they could have the right to enter back into culture. They would not have to stay outside anymore, but they could become a part of of society again. So as the 10 of them were going, as they went, the open wounds that were on their body were miraculously healed because they were making a path based upon the word that Jesus had spoken to them. But there was one man who, as he went, became so overwhelmed by what had just happened to him, so overwhelmed by the encounter that he just had with Jesus and so overtaken by the healing that he was seeing on his body, that the wounds were no longer open, that the pain that he felt from these sores that covered his body, the pain was miraculously gone. And for the first time, and we don't know how long this man was no longer in tormentive pain and looking at his body as a disease covered body, but he was suddenly looking at a body that was clean. His focus changed. 
His focus was no longer what was missing. Suddenly, this one man's focus changed and no longer was he even concerned about going to be declared by a priest to be ceremoniously clean so that he could enter back into society. His focus became finding Jesus because he was so overwhelmed with thanksgiving. He was so overwhelmed with gratitude that the only place that he could think about being was at the feet of the Messiah who had just healed him. He had to find Jesus. Your focus causes your trajectory. This man's focus was not going to be declared clean. This man's focus was, I have to give thanks to Jesus. And as his focus was finding Jesus and giving him thanks and falling down at his feet because he was so overcome with gratitude at the feet of Jesus in giving him praise Jesus says to this one man, your faith has saved you and made you whole. That word, that phrase right there in the Greek is the word sozo. That word sozo encompasses the fullness of salvation. And we think of salvation as simply being, well, I got my fire insurance. I'm not going to hell, right? Sozo is the completion, the full package of salvation. And when Jesus said to this man, your faith has made you whole, what he said to him was, you are no longer without. Now you are identified as a child of God because you have recognized me as the son of God. And because you have recognized me as the son of God, you are made sozo, saved, healed, delivered, protected and made whole. Now, not only were the sores healed over, but any fingers that were missing grew back. A nose that possibly was missing, suddenly, miraculously, a creative miracle took place. Anything that was missing on this man, now he not only had the one, the one that came back, he not only got his healing, but he was restored. When we come to God with gratitude and thanksgiving, what we give thanks for increases. The nine, they were healed. They were ceremoniously clean. They got their life back. But this one whose trajectory was driven by the thanksgiving and overwhelming gratitude in his heart, what we give thanks for in the kingdom multiplies. He came to give thanksgiving to God, and in giving thanksgiving to God, he got back far more than he ever anticipated. When the men cried out to him and said, you know, Jesus, save us, have mercy on us, and heal us, they were simply asking for the sores to be healed. But to the one whose focus became Jesus, Jesus gave him back everything. He was restored I think I'm more excited about that than you guys are. His focus changed his journey. How many of us can say honestly, you don't raise your, don't raise your hands, but we would say honestly, I have allowed my course to be set by what was missing. I have allowed my day, I've allowed my thoughts, I've allowed my prayer life to be established by what is missing. 
And if we look at this one man, if we look at what God is sharing with us, this one man who returned to give thanks, what if we shifted our focus, not on what is missing, but all we have to be thankful for? And it seems so simple. That seems so elementary, but there is so much power that goes with that. If we look at the miracle that was done for this man, if we look at the example that was given to us through this man who expressed gratitude, this is, this is what I'm talking about is the little, the little, I'm, this is, this is what God has been impressing on me. Where do you want to see increase? Are you focusing on giving gratitude and thanking God for your spouse? Or are you focusing on complaining to God about what your spouse is missing? If you want to have a prosperous marriage, focus on gratitude. I can tell you from experience, I'm just going to straight up tell you, I stopped praying that God would show Darren things. God, if you would just show him how he needs to be more this or that. Because here is what would happen every single time is God would get onto me for stuff and show me where I was not doing this or that. So I quit praying for Darren for God to show him stuff because it would come back to bite me in the butt every time. So I don't pray for him that way no more. <laughs> if I, if I am praying and thanking God for my husband, thanking God, this is, I was in the car driving and I was thanking God for the breakthrough of the miracle that we're standing for. And I was praising God for what that's going to look like on the day that it happens. And God said, why don't you thank me for what I have done too? (laughs) He wasn't saying, don't, don't pray about that. But what all have I done on the journey? And I was like, oh God. You're so good. You're so good. All of the ways that you've provided. And I started thinking about God. Thank you for all the people that pray for us. Thank you for all the people that have come to lay hands on him. And have been so uncomfortable. Because they felt like God told them to come pray for pastor. God thank you for every single one of those people. God thank you for the doctors. Thank you for the patients. Thank you for the endurance. And I just started thanking him for everything. I was sitting in my living room yesterday watching the snow and I was like, God, thank you so much for my house. Thank you that I have windows. Thank you that I have trees in my yard because I was praying over my trees because that was a heavy snow. (laughs) So I was praying over and God just started impressing on me several weeks ago about how important it is for us to recognize all of the little things, the things that we call little things. Do you thank God that you have um, eyelids that blink? I'm so thankful that my eyeballs don't dry out. You know, for real. I mean, I was thinking about that the other day when I went out to feed because my eyeballs felt like they were going to freeze. I was like, God, thank you for my eyelids. Like just little things that I think are, you know, when you don't have it, then it's not a little thing anymore. Like if you don't have eyelids, I feel like it's probably pretty big thing that you don't have them. So welcome to Lynette land. That's how that works. <laughs> yes. So that one man's healing increased to restoration because what we give thanks for increases. You want more to steward in prosperity? Give God thanks for what you have. You want more to steward in health? Give God thanks for what you have. Do you want more to steward in the way of authority? Give God thanks for what you have. 
whatever you want to see increase in, begin to express true heartfelt gratitude toward him. And you will experience heavenly kingdom increase in those things. That, well, let me give you, I want to give you three things. A life rooted in gratitude. I want to give you three things that that will do for us. And the number one thing that I want to say is that a life rooted in gratitude will cause us to partner with what God is doing rather than to focus on what God isn't doing. When we begin to set our focus and our mindset and we are set free and break free from a mindset of what is missing, we change our focus from what we think that God isn't doing or what he hasn't done yet. And our focus becomes set on what God is doing. And if we're so focused on what God isn't doing, we're focused on what God isn't doing in the room and we cannot partner with what God is doing in the room because we're not focusing on what he is doing. So if you want to be able to minister to people, when you go to to the grocery store, you when you go to your kid's ball game, you want to be able to have a word of knowledge for someone. You want to be able to give a word of encouragement to someone. You want God to be able to use you to go over and pray for somebody who's got a broken leg or a broken arm and bring healing to them, you cannot be a person whose, whose course is set by what is missing. You have to be a person whose court is set, course is set by thanksgiving and gratitude so that you can partner with what God is doing. Because if you're focusing on what is missing, you're not going to be focusing on what God is doing to bring a miracle in the moment. We have to have a mindset of gratitude to be able to partner with the Holy Spirit in the room. How many of us want to partner with the Holy Spirit in the room? How many of you would like to come into church and have somebody walk up to you and say, man, as I was getting ready today, your face was put before me. And I feel like God just wants me to share this word of encouragement with you. That comes from focusing on what God is doing through an attitude of thanksgiving. Because that attitude, number two, number one, I'm, 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 Number one, set your focus on what God is doing so you can partner with him. Number two, a heart, a true heart of thanksgiving will create a humble spirit. Humility is birthed out of thanksgiving. When you look at this one man who returned to give thanks to God, where did he go? To the feet of Jesus. He went to the feet of Jesus. Here is a, here's an interesting thing. Uh, for those of you who like um, the Hebrew uh, alphabet and numerology, uh, the fourth, we're in the year 5284, which if you remember back at the beginning of the decade, we talked about how important it was a decade of declaration. How many of you remember that? That this dec- this decade, it's not a short-term thing. This is a long-term thing that God is talking about. This decade it is important, imperative for us to be declaring the works of God, what God is doing, what God is saying through our mouths. Now, the fourth, uh, the number and letter four in the Hebrew alphabet is the delet. And the best way I can describe it is an upside down L. So it's like, it's like that. So the delet is a picture, the pictogram of a delet is the meaning of it is a person bending over in humbleness. 
It is a person bending over in recognition that nothing that they have is of themselves, that everything that they have is from God. The job that you have, the talents that you possess, the ability that you have to do what you do, the way that your mind works. Some of you might think, I don't know if that's from God or not. The gift of your mind is from God. And it is the, the number four letter for the delet is the picture of a person bending over in humility to give honor to God who is the creator, who is the giver of every good and perfect gift. The interesting thing is that the delet is also a picture of a doorway. So that lets us know, as we'll see in scripture, that when we give thanks to God, that thanksgiving, that gratitude that is overflowing out of our hearts, that gratitude is the open door. It creates the open door for us to come into the presence of God, just like this one man who came back to find Jesus because he was so overcome with thanksgiving in recognition that nothing that just happened to him could have happened without Jesus Christ. That when we recognize that everything that is good, everything that we have, that the eyelids that I have so that my eyeballs don't dry out, that the windows in my house, that the breath that's in my lungs, that every Everything that I get to do is because God is so good and I don't deserve any of it. I can't do anything to earn it. I can't be good enough. I can't pray enough. I can't memorize the scriptures enough. I can't pray in tongues loud enough. I can't do anything to earn this. It's just in simple humility, bowing to God and saying, God, everything is because of you. And when we have that realization, it puts us immediately thrusts us into the feet of God. Immediately we're put into his presence, which is where we need to be. His presence. We cannot do anything without the presence of God. That thanksgiving, he inhabits the praises of his people. That thanksgiving to God, even when the doo-doo is hitting the fan, finds something to be thankful for. Oh, that heart of gratitude will change everything. It changes our focus from what is missing to what God is doing. It creates a humble posture in our life. And the third thing that it does is that it guards us from taking the posture of a beggar. We cannot beg our way into the presence of God. We cannot beg our way into miracles. We cannot beg our way into his presence. God does not come in the room in miracle power and wonder because we beg hard enough. Because we beg long enough. God does not heal because we beg. We simply come knowing who we are. Knowing our identity, knowing that there is nothing missing, nothing broken on the inside of you because you are filled with the shalom of God, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding that there is no longer anything missing in you. And the whole reason that you can come to God and sit in his lap and hear his breath is because of Jesus Christ who died for you. And there is never anything that you can do to add to what the blood of Jesus already did. It is done. When Jesus said, it is finished, 
He meant it is finished. It is done. It is complete. So I want to read this uh, passage of scripture to you out of Psalm 100. And let me just, uh, while you're turning there, let me just say this. Hope, hope has been something that has been like a stake in the ground for me. Like that's like God is saying, don't leave that. I want you to stay on that. I don't, I want you to continue to just stay in that. Let me speak to you on that. Hope is based on future. It's based on what we don't see yet. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. According to Hebrews chapter 11, 1, hope is future based. We don't hope for what we are. I don't hope that this podium is here. It's here. Does that make sense? Thanksgiving is standing in the present, being thankful for what has happened in the past and who God established that he is in the past, which assures me of who he is now, which establishes the direction of my future. Thanksgiving is in the present for what is certain from the past, which then assures my future. I have hope in the future because I am thankful for what has already been established in the past. I am thankful for who God said that he is. He already said it. But he continues to say it over and over and over and over again. God is God. God is God. And I choose to set my focus on God is God. And that establishes the direction of my life. God is God. Look at your neighbor and say, God is God. Psalm 100. Out of the message. I threw you for a loop right there. You all thought I was going to read out of the passion. Whoop. Go into the message translation. Those of you who are listening to the Holy Spirit knew that. Just joking. Psalm 100 in the message translation says this. On your feet now. Applaud God. And that has an exclamation mark after it. Bring a gift of laughter. Seeing yourself into his presence. Know this. God is God. And God is God. He made us. We didn't make him. We're his people, his well-tended sheep. Enter with the password. Thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise. Thank him. Worship him. For God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal, always an effort man do you ever I feel like right now I feel like there's some people here that you just uh, the best way that I can say it is that your little hearts are calloused and you have been drugged through the ringer with sandpaper on it forward and backward when that happens over and over in life it puts some calluses and some hardness on your heart but let me tell you what will take those calluses right off boy it's giving God thanks because I remember being in a moment in my life where I was praying and I was asking God Lord I just feel like 
things are being said and I don't understand why these things are being said and I just need to know that you fight for me because God said you don't say anything. You don't you don't react. God wouldn't even let me respond. Say anything. And I said, God, I need to know that you fight for me. And if that's you in here today, I want to ask you to stand. You just need to know that God fights for you. I want to invite you to stand. I feel like there's other people in here that you know that your direction and your focus has been dictated by what's missing. And you know that you have become trained into looking at what's missing. Sometimes, some people, even that's your job. I feel like God right now is saying that you're actually, your job requires you to look at, like that is your job to find the weak places and to find what's missing. And so therefore you have developed that mindset and it's not anything negative that you've done. It's literally your job description is to find what's missing. And if that's you and that carries over, you find that man that is carrying over into my life. I want you to stand. I invite you to stand right now. If that is you. there's, I know there's more than one, uh, that your life right now is defined by not having a spouse. Man, I remember what that's like. People saying, when are you going to get married? Well, uh, first I got to find someone first (laughs) and feeling like there's something wrong with me. Like what's wrong with me? What is missing in me that everybody else is married and they're happy and, oh, I used to hate when Valentine's Day would come around. Oh, I hated it because it was one more day that reminded me I don't have someone. I'm missing that part. I want to invite you to stand. And there's no shame, man. We all feel you. We all feel you. like there's something in your heart you just feel like there's a hole in my heart because of what's missing and it hurts deep deep hurt deep pain what's missing in your heart I want to invite you to stand response when I wake up in the morning to be to give God thanks. God, thank you for waking me up one more day. God, thank you for keeping breath in my lungs through the night. God, thank you for keeping me safe through the night. Some people have like night terrors, night torment, and that it's really, it's nighttime is a scary time for you. (laughs) And to be thankful that God brought you through one more night and that fear, fear does not dictate your life. Fear does not direct your life, but hope and thanksgiving to God directs your life. Stand. Thank you, God. 
Now for everyone who is sitting, I invite you to look around you and find someone who is standing close to you and either stretch your hand out toward them or ask God, do you want me just to go and put my hand on their shoulder and to be that person that puts a hand on someone. And when you put your hand on that person, that in the name of Jesus, that God is using you to impart the spirit of the Lord to fill whatever they feel is missing. That when you put a hand on them, you do it with the intentionality of when I put my hand on this person, the spirit of God is going to flow through me to break the mindset. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we break the mindset of what is missing. The mind that is drawn and pulled to what is missing. And we break that off. We declare, if you are standing right now, declare that out loud. Say, in the name of Jesus, I break a missing mindset. And I declare that I have been given the mind of Christ. And my mind is focused on all you do and all I have through you. God, thank you. Now, those of you that stood, I want you just to say that over and over. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. If it is in your prayer languages, if it is in tongues, release that. Thank you, God. Release that gratitude and don't let it stop. Just keep flowing through your mouth. And those of you with your hand on someone right now, you are in Jesus' name. I want you to purpose this with your hands on them. Father, Spirit of God, flow through me in power right now. Flow through me. Love flow through me in Jesus name powerful mighty love flow through me to this person right now and fill whatever the enemy was speaking to them about what was missing fill that up father God fill it up right now in Jesus name to overflow to overflow in Jesus name power of God flow through me in Jesus name you are being used as a hand and an extension of the throne of God right now those of you that are praying feel the power and the presence of God flowing through you right now let the Holy Spirit just flow through your hands some of you might feel heat on your hands or you might feel like kind of feel a tremor on your hands If you are praying for someone or you are being prayed for and you can feel the tangible presence of God, I want you just to peacefully raise your hand right now. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God, for what you are doing in the room. If you have never declared with your own mouth, Jesus Christ, be the Lord of my life. I give you my heart. I give you my life. And by doing that, the door is opened wide for you to go directly to God. You don't have to pray through someone else. You don't have to worry about being perfect because Jesus Christ is the doorway for you to go straight to Father God. Because God's arms are so open wide for you and he's waiting for you. And if you've never declared that with your own mouth, with intentionality before, I want you to shoot your hand up really high right now. Is there anybody in the room? that has never made that certain in your life before. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you for every child of God in this room. Lord, we thank you for what you are doing and where you are taking us. And we declare as a family this morning that we will be filled and directed by the spirit of thanksgiving. 
And that as we give thanks to you, God, we are thrust into your presence. Overwhelming, glorious joy and laughter in your presence, God, because you are so, so good. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now hug somebody around you and tell them that they are so loved. Miss Bailey.